difference in the world. God, I pray this morning that as your people hear the word of the Lord this morning, that God, it will not be a word that would just go in their ear and come out, but it will be a word that will penetrate us and bring us to a new dimension of your power, bring us to another level, another place in our walk with you. God, I'm praying for the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to come in a very fresh and unique way among these people today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, remain standing. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to begin reading verse number 1 in 1 Corinthians. This is our foundational text for today. You can go ahead and start recording if you haven't already. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And it reads, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities or differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the Lord's presence. We are continuing our series today. And we've been in a series entitled Holy Decision. And so we have been preaching about the Holy Spirit. And my prayer, my prayer, and I was, I was praying before I came up here this morning, I desperately want God's people to know his power. I really want you guys to experience what it's like to walk in the fullness of the power of God. I want you to experience what it's like to overcome trials, tribulations, and circumstances, and be a victory in every aspect of your life. I believe deeply, I believe deeply that the Holy Spirit wants to do something in every one of you that will blow your minds. I really do believe that. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to enlighten us. There's so much that God wants to do through us. What he needs is a vessel. 
that is willing, that is pursuing, that is after the power of his presence. We begin our series talking about who is the Holy Spirit. Because we understand that many people fully don't understand what is the Holy Spirit. We hear about the Holy Spirit. And so we did an in-depth study on the person of the Holy Spirit. We said he was a person. We talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells every believer. And he resides in every one of you as the scripture says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we dealt with what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how that God wants to control every aspect of your life. We talked about the fact that the baptism and the empowerment is for a particular reason, which I want to dwell on today. Today, my sermon is about why does the Holy Spirit empower you? Why does the Holy Spirit give each one of us gifts? I didn't just say gifts, G-I-F-T. I said gifts. Because I understand that I'm to be empowered. I, I know now, if I didn't know, that the Holy Spirit abides in me then why does he empowers us? I want you to think about this for a moment because there's a lot of confusion around this aspect. I said at the beginning of the sermon that, that, that I want you to understand that God wants you to walk in the fullness of his power on a regular basis. That simply means that God has full control of your life and that, and that something of, super, of the supernatural presence of God is working through you every single day of your life. He doesn't just want you to be filled for a moment. He says, since we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. The Spirit of God is real. He comes to empower one of the most frequent questions I hear, and we're going to deal with this a little bit today too, I, I hear people say all the time, uh, Pastor, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, Pastor, uh, uh, how do I determine my spiritual gift? And I, how many you know that it is not God's will that you don't know what you're supposed to do? God gives you power. Because he has a particular work in store for you. How many know that God does nothing flippantly? Everything God does, he does with purpose. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. God is a God of purpose. God didn't do anything. Anything. I mean anything. Without purpose. I'm going to show you in a minute why asking the question, what is my spiritual gift, is the wrong question. We really shouldn't be asking that, but we'll, we'll deal with that here in a moment. But we got to ask the question, God, God, why? God, what is the purpose of God empowering us? How many know that the Holy Spirit power wasn't given for show or to be exploited for personal gain? There are folks that do that. They seek the power because they have some other agenda 
You must understand, we must never ever forget this thing. Hear me, that the power of God is attached to the purpose of God. I want you to get that. Because if you don't hear nothing else, you, 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 the power of God. How many of you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? How many of you want God's power to work through you? God want to give it to you. But God's power is attached to his purpose. And it's amazing. God help me. How many know that I want you to follow me very clearly this morning, very closely? Because I don't, I want you, I don't want you, I don't want to lose you. But how many know that God didn't save you to serve you? God did not save you to serve you. How many know we got this thing flipped around? No, God saved you so that you can serve him. Jesus said it this way, I came to do the will of him who sent me. In fact, he went on to say that I do nothing unless my father tells me. We can't get God's power until we come to a place where we say, God, what is it that you want with my life? I'm amazed how many of God's people, hear me, one of the things that we want to do is we want God's people to be able to ascertain the voice of God. To listen. How many know that God is a God of the living? <laughs> He's the God of the living, not a God of the dead. He's alive. Somebody ought to say amen. And he's speaking today. He's speaking today. His Holy Spirit is here speaking to us. And I'm amazed how many believers, they never ask God anything. How many know that there's a difference between asking God and advising God? We got a lot of God's people. No, 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 no. If it's not you, then just say, praise the Lord. But I'm going to preach because I'm preaching because this message is going out beyond this room. You, you, you with me? So there's a, there's a difference between saying, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to live here. I'm going to work here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There's that's, that's a difference between saying I'm going to do this versus God, what is it that you want? Before, God, this is what I'm thinking about. But God, can I at first, can, can I ask you, most people decide what they're going to do. Then they say, God bless it. God then becomes a means to their own end. How many know that you can't access the power of God until we come under his authority and say, God, what do you want? What do you want, God? This is what I want. Yes, God. I mean, God, I want to do this. God, you know, I'm thinking about marrying this person. How many know you better ask the Lord? <laughs> There have been a lot of folk, let's be honest, the reason we don't want to ask the Lord, because sometimes, let's be honest, we don't want to hear what he has to say. That'll preach all by itself. <laughs> so we got to come to a place where we say, Lord, what is it that you want? Why? Because, Pastor, why is it so important that I ask God? Because you just told me. I saw you raise your hand. You said you want the power of God. I saw you tell me that. God's power is attached to his purpose. 
God doesn't anoint or empower you and give you a gift of the Spirit just so that you can say, wow, I'm cute. I'm rich. I'm highly favored and all that. So you can go around and brag about it. God did not empower you for that. No, you're highly favored. You're highly favored. We do accept that. But we understand that God's purpose is much bigger than that. How do we know that sometimes the church live on such a low plane that we can't see the glory? I'm trying to elevate your faith. I want you to begin to look up this morning. Look up from where you are and begin to understand that there's a whole new dimension out there that God has for his people. Because I don't want to stand up here and preach about the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is not empowering you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? The devil is a liar. We are not, listen to me, what I'm going to share with you today is going to propel you to another level. I said at the beginning of this series that if you get a hold of what I'm preaching, if you get a hold of what I've been teaching for the past few weeks, you will never be the same. John 16, 7. Turn there if you will. We're going to dig into this thing a little bit. I'm going to, God's going to show us some things. Are you ready? Come on, church. Are you ready? Amen. John chapter 16, 7 said, Jesus said this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You remember this. For if I do not go away, the helper or the spirit or the parakletos in the Greek word, will not come to you, but if I depart, watch this, I will send him what? To you. All right? Now hear this. Jesus said it's expedient. It's to your advantage. Why? You ever ask that question? Why, Jesus? Why? If I, I mean, if I was there, I probably would say, Jesus, why? And, and, and he gives us some insight. He says, because if I don't go away, the spirit won't come. See, the Bible says in John 3.34, hear me, you witness, amen. The Bible says in John 3.34 that Jesus was granted the spirit without measure. Everybody say without measure. That means that Jesus was the full embodiment. He had all that power trapped down on the inside of him. And the Bible says when he came out to minister, he came out to minister with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lazarus, get up! He got to get up. Because power called him up. He couldn't stay there if he wanted to. And Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, now, greater works will you do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. He said, greater works. Greater works. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me help us understand this. This did not mean necessarily that Jesus was saying that we would have greater, greater quality of works. But what he was saying is, you have greater quantity. How many know that you really can't top what Jesus was doing? <laughs> but how many know when Jesus was on the earth, hear me, I'm building, I'm going someplace. He, he was confined. He was confined to time. He was confined to a physical body. You hear what I'm saying? He couldn't be at one place at all the time. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. But he said, now, but when I go, 
He said, now when I go, I'm going to put my spirit in all of you so that now I won't be confined to one place. By the way, how many know Jesus never left the borders of his country? Except one time when he was a kid, they took him to Egypt so that he wouldn't get killed. Jesus stayed right where he was. But where's the gospel at today? He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you so that now Jesus, uh, he can be working at all places at the same time. Greater works will you do. This is the place where you find yourself. We find ourselves at a place where the gospel, the kingdom of God, the gospel of God is all over the world. Because you got this power on the inside of you that the devil don't want you to access. Jesus said, I came. And so when Jesus said, I came to put him inside of you, how do you know he's inside of you? And the enemy wants to keep you quiet. But how do you know that for you? Listen, when you keep quiet, you are denying, you are suppressing the power of God that wants to make a difference in the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Not your neighbor, not the buddy, not the person that you don't like on your job. You are. You are. You don't like it, change it. Ain't that what the apostle did? Am I right about it? They went out, they went berserk, full of the Holy Ghost. And they made a difference. Now watch this. Now why he empowers. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Stay with me. The Bible, Luke 4, 18 says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, watch this, because he has anointed me or empowered, watch this, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So understand that the Spirit of God came, fell on Jesus, he empowered Jesus to do what? To preach, to heal, and to set the captives free. How many know that Jesus' message was gospel-centric? All right? Jesus was given the Spirit's power for a reason. When he came, Jesus, Jesus was so caught up in what he did, the Bible said that he hardly got into sleep. Loads of people were always following him. He was immersed. He said, he said, I came to do the will of him who sent me, and he said, I have a baptism to fulfill, and I am determined to get it done. Full of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. So then in Acts chapter 1, 8, so we understand that the Spirit of God always empowers toward a purpose. Jesus was empowered not to get goosebumps. Hear me. Not to get slain in the Spirit. Y'all not with me. Not to get goosebumps. Look, look, not just to make you feel good. The Holy Spirit came in. The, see, this is why people get upset. You know, because, see, God help me. I don't want to get in trouble. Help me say this right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not for sure. How many know the Holy Spirit? You can't conjure up the Holy Spirit. You can't try to fake it. I am determined. 
Listen, I am. Yeah, I know sometimes people want me to get up here, man, and just slap some oil on some people, make them fall to the ground, and just blah blah blah, and just do all of and get people behind them so they fall on touch. Oh, oh, and have people just all over the place, oh, oh, foaming. I've seen that. I'm not saying, I'm not here to say that God can't touch people and something happen. But here's what I'm trying to say, folks. That, that, that I've seen a lot of that over the years, and I've seen people still get up and they got no power. I am sick and tired. Let me tell you something. When I got converted, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't jump, I didn't fall on the floor, I didn't fall from the mouth, but I sit there in a the chair and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I just said, Oh, God, I got to change. God, I got to change. God, I got to change. Change me. I don't want that no more. Oh, oh. That was conviction. Conviction. Amen. Conviction. That's why you can't get people to do what you want them to do, because they're not convicted yet. They're playing the game. They're going through the motions. They're putting on a show because they're looking at tradition, but they're not changed. Every time the Spirit of God came, change happened. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, let's keep going. Acts 1.8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Hear this. And you shall be what? Come on, say that nice and loud. No, come on, say it louder. Come on, one more time, say it louder. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Stay with me. Jesus said to the disciples, I want you to sit down. I want you to wait because you're going to get power. Can I ask you a question? What was Jesus going to give them power to do? Can I, can I, ask, you, can I ask you a backup question? If you ain't going to witness, why do he need to give you his power? I mean, if you're going to be, well, I'm scared. I, 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 I don't want to share my faith because I'm shy. Or, you know, some of us, we have no intentions on opening up our mouths and telling people about the goodness of the Lord. So why should the Holy Spirit come? I mean, no, God is not going to anoint parked cars. He's not going to empower you to sit down. If you're trying to run from the work, listen, if you're trying to run and get away, why would God empower you to run away? No, he's going to empower those who want to get up in the fight, who want to make a difference. Those who want to go inside of the grocery store, in the streets, and pray for people. When people tell you, pray for me, don't wait to pray for them. Grab their hand right then and there and give God a chance. Are you sick in your body? Hey, look, I'm not going to wait till I get home. You're sick in the name of Jesus. Many of us, we don't think to do that. Okay, I pray for you when we get home. What's that? <laughs> I just looked at the script. I was just checking that out. And I didn't see nowhere in the word of God when they asked me to pray to anybody say, I'll pray for you later when I get home. Look it up. Let me know if you find it. 
What he did was, was that the disciples, see, see, God, what I'm trying to share with you is God comes to give you power for a purpose. He's not going to empower you. Listen, listen, how many know I can just let you go and let you think it's all good, but I won't be telling you the truth. Listen to me, you're not going to you're not going to be empowered until you come to a place where you say, God, I want to be used by you. God's power is attached to his purpose. Get linked up to his purpose. You'll get his power. Bo, but in order to get linked up to his purpose, that means I got to give up. Some stuff. You know, the world has duped us and tricked us into thinking. Jesus said that the pleasures of this life is fleeting. I joke with my wife all the time. I joke. No, don't get me wrong. And I believe in vacations. I believe you ought to have a good time. The Bible says he gives us all things richly to enjoy. But you know what should dominate our lives? What should dominate our lives is to be kingdom focused. What should dominate our life? Everything you do. God, listen to me. Why would you ask God for a bigger house, a better car, a bigger paycheck if you have no intention on? Why should he empower you if you're not going to use it for his glory? Why? Why would God do that? What would be, for what purpose? How many know that if you got something, use what you got? Well, it ain't a, use what you got. Moses, what you got in your hands? Some of us ain't gonna get more because we don't use what we got. We complain about what we got. No, use what you got. So we say, God, give me power. God, give me power. And I want you to understand, God said, I'll give you power. I'll give you power. I'll give you, but you got to be about my business. You need to go, you need to open up your mouth and tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. You need to live your life. You need to be a witness. Everybody say witness. Witness. It's about kingdom expansion. Say that with me. Kingdom expansion. Kingdom expansion. What gets God motivated toward you? Thinking about the kingdom. Matthew 6, Seek first what? And all these things will be what? Don't worry about the things. That's what he's simply telling you. Why are you worried about the things? So worry about the kingdom. See, how many know that if we get serious about the kingdom, God will pour out his power. Let me show you what I mean. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, and I want you to write these verses down because I want you to understand that, that everyone in here, everyone in here must understand that what gets God excited more than anything else is that when his, when his kingdom is growing and expanding. How many know that God wants his kingdom to grow? How many know that the local church is a microcosm of the kingdom of God abroad? This is our peace. This is where God has us. And everybody in here ought to be to the point, you know, we got to grow this thing. We got to grow this thing because this is what God wants. So how are you going to grow it? You got to tap into the power. 
What? See, Luke 13, verses 18 and 19. Just write them down because you don't have time. Then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? It to, uh, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put in the garden and it grew and became a large tree and the birds of the air nested in his branches. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 32. Another parable he's put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed it in the field which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it's grown, it is greater than the herbs and became a tree so that the birds of the air Come and nest in his branches. Matthew 13, verses 47 to 48. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. I'll start right there. Every kind. That means not your kind. Every kind. Some of you need to get, rid of, get, get used to some other kinds. I don't like them kind. It ain't your kingdom. It's not your church. What God brings in here, you better love them. It's like a big net that draws in of every kind. We'll worry about cleaning the fish later. Let's get them in the door. Amen. Am I right about it? Church said amen. amen. The kingdom of heaven is like a, a dragnet which was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, everybody say full. They drew to shore and they sat down, gathered the good into the vessels, but they threw the bad away. Matthew 13, 33, another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was leaven. Until <laughs> the whole thing changed. Leaven makes things rise. It grows. You want God's power. You got to get serious about his kingdom. Period. Let's talk about this thing about spiritual gifts for a moment. How many know when God empowers you, he gives you a gift. And as I said before, the gifts that he gives you is not for you. God is not in the business. I want you to hear me. I'm going to say this carefully, too. God is not in the business of making you famous. If you get famous, it ain't got nothing to do with you. It's because you're after his purpose. God is not in the business of just giving you, empowering you, and giving you stuff just so that you can say, I got it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, we just read it. But look at verse number 7 of that 1 Corinthians. But the manifestation, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of what? All. I want that to settle into your spirit. God has gifted you so that you can use your gift in order to build up the kingdom. How many know that it's hard to live, to live out the Christian life in our generation? It's going to become more difficult, by the way. I'm letting you know, it's going to become more difficult. You are a minority, and you're going to find out here in a moment. Because the enemy is knocking on the church doors. He's been in the church, but now he's trying to take the whole thing over. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, As each one, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, as each one has received a gift, <clears throat> 
minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So God has given you a gift. The Holy Spirit of God has empowered you. He has gifted you because he wants you to serve the body. How many know that your gift can help me? Now, let's, 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 let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help us with this because some of you, I think I'm losing you. See, how many know that there's a difference between natural ability and spiritual gifts? What makes a gift spiritual versus natural? See, you can take a person that can be, for an example, a gifted administrator. They can be really gifted. They can just administrate really, really well. But if they're not doing it for the purposes of God, if they're not serving to build faith and to stimulate faith in the body of Christ and for the kingdom of God, then it's a natural talent. What makes a gift a spiritual gift? Watch this. Watch this. It is a gift that is motivated by the spirit to serve and strengthen believers. It is used through faith in God to advance the kingdom of God through serving one another in love. That's the difference. See, your, 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 your gift that God has given you, how many of you are believers in Jesus Christ? Amen. How many of you serve God even on your job? Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Do you know your, my job, let me tell you something right now, my job. My job is one, see, I'm, I'm a policeman, that's my other job, and, and I'm a gifted, I'm spiritually gifted. Because if I lock you up in the back of my car, I'm going to preach to you. And I have done it. Your job, listen, a gift is whatever ability God gives you for, for a particular moment. You know, we get this thing all wrong. See, we look at, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But here's what we do. We go, here's what, here's what we do. Okay, okay, I want to, I want, uh, uh, what's my gift? Okay, I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, and, and, and I'm going to see which one do I fit. It's a wrong way to determine what your gifting is. That's why, isn't some reason why the church is confused about what God wants them to do? See what? Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help you. Let me, let, me, let me help us. See, spiritual gifts is not limited to a defined group of activities. <laughs> And the Bible, the Holy Spirit gives gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He distributes them as he wills. Gifts is any of, let me, let me, let me help me, let me understand this. Gift, spiritual gift is any gift that God gives you for the purpose of building up his church in the kingdom. That's a gift. Amen. Your gift might be today to encourage this sister. You may have a word with her. You may say something to her. For that moment, for that day, you were gifted by the Spirit. Your gift may be that somebody need to move because they, they, they need help moving, you know, and, 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 and they're part of this body. They're part of building the kingdom of God. You, you know what? If you help out, that's a, you're gifted right there. Some of you still know what I'm talking about. I told you I'm going to go. Stay, y'all stay with me? All right, so how do I determine, watch this. How do I determine the use of, how do I determine and how do I use my spiritual gift? Let's just ask this question. I got five points and I'm going to get you out of here. Number one, don't ask the question. How many of you want to be used by the Spirit? Now understand, so we first established that we got to be kingdom minded. 
So I'm presupposing that right now you're thinking, okay, God, is my life right now? And you need to ask the question, God, the life that I'm living right now, do I think, am I more about building your kingdom or building my own legacy? So ask yourself that question. And if you're, if you're at a place where you say, well, I don't think about God, then you need to really pray and get, get connected that way. You hear me? Because that's going to be the portal to God's anointing, to God's power. Watch. So the question should not be, God, what is my gift? The question you want to ask is, here's the question. Y'all ready? This is deep. Y'all ready for this? This is real deep. This is going to take it really, really deep. Here's the question you want to ask. God, how can I grow or strengthen the body of Christ? How can I be used? That's what you need to be asking. Because spiritual gifts are not limited to a list. Here's the question you got to ask. God how, can, God, how can I make a difference? God, how can I be used in the body? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so you... Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, even so you, since you are zealous, everybody say zealous, for spiritual gift, <clears throat> let it be for the edification of the church. Amen. See, the Corinthians, they were all about the gift. You can tell, but they were just gift happy. They were so gift happy that they were, the church were all messed up. They were confused. People yelling and screaming in tongues. People talking over top of each other. People just, just pumping up, just all in the flesh, just trying to show off. How many know that in the kingdom of God, we, ain't, we shouldn't be trying to show off nothing but him? Amen. But ask yourself the question, God, how can I make a difference? Secondly, watch this. Identify a need in the ministry. We're talking about serving God. Um, how did Joseph discover his spiritual gift? How many of you remember Joseph in the Bible? You know how Joseph got his spiritual gift? Joseph got his spiritual gift because there was a need. I want y'all to hear me. I want you, are you listening? Say amen. amen. Joseph got his spiritual gift because there was a need. He was in the jail, right? He was in the prison. And Pharaoh was having a dream. And he couldn't figure out what it meant. So David said, not David, but Joseph. Joseph said, hey, I'll interpret the dream. And have me know that David just met a need. And where did, his, where, where did his gift take him? Second in command of all of Egypt. Oh, pastor, I don't believe it. Oh, what about David? Was David seeking to be the king? Did David go through the script and say, okay, which one, God, what do I want to be? 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 No, David came out, and David was taking his brother some food. Am I right about it? Amen. And he saw old ugly, big, 10-foot, Gorilla-looking dude, Goliath, taunting the people of God. And David said, he looked up, he said, hold up. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who do he think he is going to torment the people of God? See, your gift can be discovered in your passion. David got woke up. When you get to a place where you say, hold up, wait a minute. Now you, you about ready to get in your gift now. I'm not talking about like, wait a minute, like I'm going to beat somebody up kind of, wait a minute. I mean, you know, you, you know. <laughs> David became the king of Israel. Not because David went through the book and tried to find a list of gifts and see how he plugged in. David was just out and about and he saw a need. 
Some of you see a need and you run the other way. And you spend more time running. And here's what I want to remind you. You could very well be running from your destiny. You could be running from your purpose. David said, give me a rock and a stone. I'm going to bust his head wide open. The brother said, amen. David took him out. He became the king of Israel. Oh, 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 what about Moses? You remember Moses? Moses was, was Moses looking to do anything? No, Moses was just out in the desert. And the Holy Spirit showed up. God showed up in a bush. By the way, if God ever showed up to you in a burning bush, boy, yes, you better stop. <laughs> That's some deep stuff right there. And God said to, God said to Moses, he said, Moses, um, my people need to be delivered. My people need to be delivered. And so therefore, um, I'm sending you. Now, Moses tried to argue with it because Moses was a little bit insecure like some of you. I can't do that. I can't do that, God. I'm not a good speaker like pastor. I, who, who ever said you're supposed to be like me? Who ever said you're supposed to be like anybody? you got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. The sky's the limit. Don't limit God about what he can do through you. What's wrong with you? Moses could have said, God, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. And you know what? If Moses didn't do it, he would never saw the Red Sea part. He would have never saw all those miracles that God did. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. If you're going to be full of the Holy Spirit, if you're going to be used of the Holy Spirit, you have to be available. And you have to look and see where God is working and say, God, use me. And you never know where God will take you. Is anybody hearing this? Seek to serve and not run. If there's a need, don't run. Because you know when you run, who's looking at you? Whither shall I free from your presence, Lord? If I make my bed of hell, you are there. If I go up to the highest of heaven, behold, God, you are there. If I flee to the highest mountain, behold, God, you are there. How do you know God is everywhere? I never saw the apostles who were full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, they just went walking into stuff all the time. <laughs> they just doing crazy stuff, man. They walk up on stuff. You're dead? Get up. And we'll pray for Peter. Pray. Arise. They were just out flowing with the Spirit. Flowing with the Spirit. And God did miracles. God did miracles. Some of you right now, some of you right now, you've been, you've been sitting down for five, six years talking about what's my spiritual gift, and there are opportunities all around you, but you're not taking them. Number four, how many know you got to do it all for the glory of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It said, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the what? The glory of God. Can I say something to you right now? If you're in this church and you pick up a piece of paper because in your mind you're thinking this is a house of God and I want the house of God clean because I don't know who's going to come in here 
and I want everything to be nice, clean, and purity because I want God to get the glory. Sister, don't ever think that because you put a donut, I mean, a banana, just kidding, this little thing, every banana that's put on that table, you know what you need to think? Kingdom building. For every time you put up the stand, the podium, here's what you think. Kingdom building. For every hour you spend practicing in praise and worship, kingdom building. Don't fuss about it. Kingdom building. For every time there's one of those kids screaming and yelling in your ear, you're frustrated. Kingdom building. Because while you're frustrated, somebody is hearing the word and somebody is getting transformed and changed. For everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Y'all hear that? I'm trying to tell you how to access the power of God. That whatever you do, do it in his name. Do it in Jesus' name. Do it in Jesus' name. Don't just do it. Do it in Jesus' name. Edwin got this little thing. If he was here, he would, he would tell you about it. He always said, Pastor, I ain't doing it for you. He'd tell me that quick. He'd, Pastor, I ain't doing it. I said, Brother, good job, man. I'm proud of you. Pastor, I ain't doing this for you. He always said that to me. And I know what he's, sometimes I get on my nerves. Shut up with that. But. But what he wants me to know is he's, he's connected to the power. And when you get connected to the power, oh, all kind of crazy stuff going to happen to you. Blessings, favor, increase. How many know God's power is limited? See, the reason why you need to get connected with this power, because God does some really unique things <laughs> for you. But if you're not kingdom-minded, or if you're not serving, if you just want to be a park car, if you want to try to run away from work, then, then, then hear me, you got your reward. If you want to run away from an opportunity because, listen to me, let me say this right. Sleep is overrated. <laughs> talking to a brother the other day, talking about I go to bed at 7 o'clock every night, every day. I said, well, every day? Every day. I mean, to the point you're worshiping your body. I believe you need to get rest. Don't, don't go out here saying, pastor said, pastor's preaching that don't get sleep. I didn't say that. I just said sleep is overrated. How many know that we're living in evil times? And listen, when, that's an opera, when God come knocking at your door, when you know it's God, you better get moving. Say, so you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a couple hours of sleep at night, but, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I need to step into this. Amen. Well, I don't feel like talking. You know, have you ever been trying to go home? You're trying to go home. I mean, you're trying to go home. And then somebody want to come and they want to pour. And you're thinking to yourself, I want to get home. I got my chicken in the oven. I want to see the game. I don't want to talk right now. You missed an opportunity. Because you don't know what the spirit will do. If you want the power of God, you got to be kingdom minded. You got to make yourself available. And then lastly, lastly, this is it. Talking about gifts of the spirit and the power of God. Watch this. You got to stir it up. Look at your neighbor and say, stir it up. I believe right now, I'm speaking this, that there, 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 there are businesses sitting right here in this room. There, there are corporations sitting right here in this room. There are senators sitting right here in this room. There are presidents of companies sitting right here in this room. In other words, 
Listen, there are churches, there are preachers, there are teachers, there are musicians. There are, there are, let, let me tell you something. You got to stir up what God has put on the inside of you. You got to believe this stuff. I never ever thought, I, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm at the tender age of 49. Just turned 49 a couple weeks ago. Tender age. Age isn't me, it's just a number. I'm going to be looking like this when I'm 90. I'm just, you know. But you know, what I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking right now, honestly, I'm like, I ain't even scratched the surface of what God has in store for me. If I was 60, I'd be like, God, I know something great going to happen. Some of you right now, you're about, man, I'm just getting old. I'm just going to retire. Listen, I don't even like the word retirement. Ain't nobody retiring in the kingdom. I retire when I get to heaven. Right now, brother, I want power. I want to make a difference. I want to make a mark. And let me tell you something right now. Some of you got gifts. You got talent. You got to stir it up. You know what stir it up means? Stir up the leader that's in you. And, yes, you might have to perfect it. You might have to hone it in. But let me tell you, it's in there. You mean that ragu skip? It's in there. You got to stir it up. But in order to stir it up, you got to be kingdom minded, kingdom focused, and you got to be willing sometimes to be inconvenienced. How many of you went to college? How many of you stayed up sometimes all night long? And you got up and still went about your day? Sometimes for the kingdom of God, you got to stay up all night long. Sometimes you got to get inconvenient. Sometimes God, God is never, oh, this is the big one. God is never, ever, ever going to just show up on your schedule. Your schedule means deadly squat to God. Because God functions outside of time. And he's the one that gives power. If you're waiting to serve God when it's convenient for you, good luck or whatever. We don't even like to say good luck, but good, best wishes. I'm telling you right now, if you're waiting to serve God when it's convenient, it ain't going to work that way. So I'm here to tell you right now, whatever you're doing, I don't care how big or small, if you're ushering, you put up a chair, you tear it down, here's what I want you to think. I'm building the kingdom. Because somebody's going to sit in the chair, somebody's going to hear the message of the good news. I'm contributing. And you know what? And, and the best is yet to come. In closing, Ephesians 4 says this, verse 11 and 12, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work, everybody say work, Work. the work of ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. The work of ministry has to do with kingdom building. Edifying the body has to do with building one another up, serving one another, caring for one another. You want to discover your spiritual gift? Identify need. Get busy. You want to be used? You want the power of God? Determine that you're going to move for God. Don't ask for God's power if you're not going to do anything with it, because God don't waste his power on nothing. God don't like waste. Did y'all know that? God hates waste. When Jesus fed 5,000, there was some stuff left, right? Y'all remember that verse? What did he do with the crumbs and stuff? He said, gather them up that nothing be what? Lost. He wouldn't even let them throw it away. 
Because when you're grateful, you don't waste. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.